back to Inside the Capitol. I'm Josh West. And I'm Colin Walkie. That wasn't as... Uh, it wasn't as terrifying as the last time. Yeah, man. The last time you had it going... Oh, well, I, I thought it was over the top. Death. There's a limit. Well, it is... Uh, is this our fourth week? It is our fourth Come week, Come on in. We yes. got Eddie Dempsey, the Southeastern boy from District 1. Eddie Dempsey just walking in. Town. Welcome, welcome. How are y'all? Oh, Doing you're live. Good. You're live. There's millions of people listening to you right now. Great. <laughs> All across the world. Uh, the, the highest amount that we know of, we had uh, 2 trillion visitors or listeners um, on one episode. Yeah. Wow. So wow. you're hitting the world. Well, so Eddie, t- tell the listeners, we just got started. Uh, so tell the listeners where you're from, your background, and uh, what it's been like for you up here at the Capitol. Thank you all. Uh, I'm from Valiant, Oklahoma, the southeast Oklahoma, McCurtain County. I was born and raised in McCurtain County. Uh, went to school in Valiant, graduated there, went to school, at South, graduated at Southeastern. I went to NEO first, then I went to Southeastern. Then I uh, went to school to be a football coach and teacher, and thank God that didn't happen. But <laughs> And then I uh, become a pipe fitter. I went for construction for several years. Then I got in the microchip business and um, learned a lot there, gas and chemical technician for them. And... Good Lord blessed me where I was able to come back home, raise my kids in dirt. And then a few years ago in 2013, a guy named U.S. Congressman Mullen come around, asked me to go to work for him. I go, Mark Wayne, I'm a pipe fitter. He said, but you know a lot of people. And so that's kind of where I got started in the politics. And we uh, never dreamed I'd be here, and here I am, and I could not be more pleased. It's pretty humbling. We talk about it often that – and I've, I've, I don't know if probably every episode I talk about, you know, it's humbling. And my first, the day we got sworn in, I was driving up here. And my predecessors called me and they said, what do you think? And I said, I don't know. It's a crazy feeling way down deep. And they all said, if you feel that way, if you pull out of your apartment and, and you don't feel that way, then go home because you're going to waste tax dollars. And that's the way I still, after six years, I pull out of my apartment and you see the dome. And you're like, man, it's, it's We talk about it all the time. Awesome. I mean, yeah. we talk, me and you talked about that yeah. before. Yeah, and unless you're here, and you know, that's, I think that's why members tend to um, – Unless you've been here and been through the rigor roughness, and it's hard to explain to people. So that's why, you know, my predecessors, there's one Republican and two Democrats. I'm the second Republican in my district, but it's it's not a partisan issue. It's about they have been here. They've been through the same issues. They serve. They get it. And uh, and so I can, you know, I can rely on them as just bounce stuff off of them. And so it's it's a pretty cool. And, and talking about that with your predecessors, one Republican, two Democrats. And I mean, Eddie, I know that down in your district, it used to be a pretty uh, – Democratic area, and, and I think that's changed over time. But kind of give us the demographics and layout of uh, your town. Well, back in the day, it was called the Little Dixie. I mean, I lived right in the middle of Little Dixie. You told me five years ago I never had a Democrat run against me. I would have told you you're crazy. But now it has swapped. We, uh, I had so many friends in my election went tried to vote for me, couldn't vote for me because we've been told all our life you got to be registered Democrat to vote. Uh, and, yeah. uh, so that didn't happen in my elections. But now it, we changed the ties. There's more Republicans in southeast Oklahoma. That's that's all over rural Oklahoma. That's kind of the you know the old blue dogs. Um, they're kind of an anomaly now. There's not very many of them left. And so, you know, my dad would always you know my dad swapped over. <clears throat> my family was the same way. A bunch of blue dog Dems, and they you know it was good in the general. You know they talk about blue dogs for West, but my dad would you know make the comment. You know I didn't leave the party. The party left me. My dad was not a progressive. You know my dad was the old blue dog Democrat, the working man, and so. Uh, it's uh, that's rural Oklahoma right now. Most of them have swapped over, and and um, you know you see your the divide. You know is kind of a rural urban. You're 
they're Democrats. Most of them are in the urban areas. Tulsa we we talked about Congressman Mullen in our first mm-hmm. conversation when I got involved in his campaign. And he just wanted 10 votes in McCurtain County. I laughed at him. I said, I'll win the county for you. He laughed at me. But we ended up winning 54% yeah. that year. So That's kind of cool. And you came in in 2018, right? 20. 20? 20. Okay. So so with that being said, how's your first term been? It's been very humbling by all means. How leadership and you, for instance, how y'all have guided me around, guided me in the right direction, uh, uh, just – I was scared to death. I ain't going to lie to you. A 55-year-old man scared to death just to speak sometimes. But um, I had two uh, House bills go, signed by the governor and two Senate bills signed by the governor, and that was very humbling. And just Hey, it may be uncomfortable to speak when someone kicks you in the butt and said, go do it. You don't got a choice, man. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. That's why I'm speaking. talking about leadership. There's one of them. He goes, here, I need you to go present this in committee. And it's 10 minutes. I said, I, I don't have – he said, you'll be fine. Go do it. <laughs> my, my first year I ran a bill that was uh, for um, – concerning like the old legislation, if, if you – like cell phones, for instance, it was using the male's name, right? One of the, one of the people in the marriage was using their it – was, it was in their name. And so if you had a domestic incident, you were having – let's just say in a husband and wife incident, right? So let's say the male had the, the, the phone contract in his name. Well, if they had a domestic issue and they were separated or going to divorce, he had access to whoever, you know, his uh, spouse or ex-spouse was calling. And, and so it was, it turned in like, it, it was a dangerous situation, you know? And so we ran a bill that separated that and it was the first bill I ever ran. And the, the, um, <clears throat> the group that I ran it for, you know, was a, um, they were trying to protect, you know, victims, things like that. They said, hey, there's a press conference upstairs you need to go to. And I was and Kevin McDougal and I were new. And I said, hey, Kevin, i got to go upstairs, man. They're doing a press conference on my bill. And so we get up there, and it made sense. Scott Biggs at the time, he was the chair of the Judiciary Committee. Uh, he was there, and you had a bunch of people wearing purple shirts. I remember, and I thought, well, there's the, the domestic victims. And so I was cool. You know, Channel 9's there, Channel 5, 4, all the local channels were there. And it had a bunch of, um, you know, bunch of victims of domestic abuse there and you had biggs and you had john paul remember john paul what's john paul's last name Dad? jordan john paul jordan and uh mr batman or superman whatever he had and uh and i remember we get there and biggs gets up to talk at the press conference and it ain't my bill <laughs> and i was like i i was like and it was about when when john paul got up there it, it was it was some type of domestic bill but it wasn't mine and so i remember john paul saying my my second year of law school, I got hit in the back of the head with a piece of rebar, and I was like, "Oh crap!" And so I was like, "Don't look at McDougal. Don't look at McDougal." And so I looked at McDougal. McDougal made his face like, "What the crap?" And so I was gritting my teeth so hard not to laugh, and I had to come up to the podium and talk. I'm like, "I'm trying to think of a snares in my head." Well, my wife's a mental health therapist, and then deals with you know domestic abuse, and so I had this. I was trying to think of something to talk about, and I got up there and dragged it out, but. I was gritting my teeth so hard not to laugh, and I looked at McDougal. I, I chipped my tooth, and I looked beside me, and, and John Pfeiffer is beside me, and he's kind of making a little Opie Taylor face, and I was like, don't look at Pfeiffer, man. <laughs> I looked at him, and it was all over. I, I, did, I wasn't laughing at the situation, but I, was, I could not believe that I uh, went to the wrong meeting. And so I called my elder. <laughs> I was like, I need to co-author this bill. So, so, Eddie, what issues are important to your district this session and, and in general? Any important bills you're running or issues you're working on? What's the biggest issue in your district? Biggest issue right now is ODOT. Getting well, we've been neglected so long. Surprise! It's not we. Yeah, not most but but uh, ODOT things that's been on the ten or eight year plan has been there 10, 12 years trying to get stuff started. Now they're, they're saying they're supposed to. 
until they start turning dirt yeah. before, because we've been disappointed so long. I'm not going to say. If they've been on the eight-year plan, why why haven't they made it down there yet? I mean, what's just administration, or has it been local issues, or what? Administration. I mean, just uh, didn't feel the need to come down and help the people in McCurtain County. Exactly, and and now I have the biggest tourism spot in the state. Um, have the, well, tell the, tell the tri- two trillion listeners about that tourism spot. The great spot is called Hochitown, Hochitown, Oklahoma. It is one of the uh, biggest tourism spots in the in the world in the United States as of right now. My district grows from twenty to fifty thousand people every weekend, and you yeah, got a lake down there? We have Broken Bow Lake, which is awesome. Plus, we have other lakes around there, too. It's not as good as Grand Lake, though, right? It's a lot it's better. better. It's better. Oh, and it's better, goodness. you know why? Because they got an awesome distillery down there, too. Yeah. <laughs> we, but we can't we can't weak. live on we cannot live on broken bow lake like you did grand lake <laughs> yeah we're one of the only few lakes where you can own a lakefront property exactly and you know, oh, i didn't know that so no we don't have lakefront property it's all core land and uh, and we're we have one marina which is in uh way too small now but they're working on getting fixing work a on a new cabins, beautiful country down there in cabins pa- we paper have mill about three thousand cabins it's rented every weekend <clears throat> i know when i get close to paper mill country because about 30 miles out you start smelling no joke well, i have the world's largest brown paper machine in value at oklahoma our biggest customer is amazon for the box they got warehouser down there I we have warehouse turnpike troubadours they think warehouser warehouser we have three big Paper companies, Warehouser, John Hancock, and Campbell. That's our biggest. Then we have several private deals. And that, that was one the bill I got through committee yesterday. It was my timbers just putting them on. We have tree farms. People don't understand yeah. in my part of the world. I have over 600,000 acres of tree farms. In that, in I'll give I, you one thing. Johnny Tadlock was here for six years and couldn't done, and you got it done your daggum first session. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I uh, I actually got lost down in the in the Wirehouser district when I was hunting down there, bow hunting, and I was in the eighth grade. My dad and I separated, and I, I used to, man, I got terrified because when you get turned around those woods, they ain't coming out for a while. They got bears down there. We have bears down there now, and everything. Got Bigfoots. Yeah, yeah, we got Bigfoot. We down have there. the Bigfoot festival. That's in. It, it, what's the cool thing about the, where they had a Bigfoot festival? That's how much I love them mountain. That's where I proposed to my wife and whole nother. Really? Oh wow. Yeah, I mean, I'll 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 tell you, uh, my wife and I, we took a trip down to Hutchtown during COVID. You know, stay in the cabins, and it's just a wonderful country. And and if y'all ever get a chance that are listening to go down and check out Hutchtown, please do it. It is a wonderful asset that the state of Oklahoma. It's has. crazy. I think I think I heard Pinnell one time talk about we have seven different ecosystems in the state of Oklahoma, and most people, I mean, you're up in my way. We're on you know the outskirts of the Ozarks, lots of trees. Lots of hills, uh, lots of water. Then the flatlanders from the Panhandle come out to eastern Oklahoma. They're like, holy crap, you guys got grass, you got trees, you got hills, <laughs> you got water. But you've got, you know, eastern side is a lot. You've got the Kaimishis down there, I believe. we and, got the uh, Kaimishi, Glover, and uh, Little River in McCurtain County and, uh, and Mountain Fort. And that and I'm running the bill. What people don't understand, Glover River the last free-flowing river in the state of Oklahoma. And that's one. And that's my passion. That's my safe haven. That's the reason I'm running the build this year to make sure it never gets dammed. That way, my great grandkids and my yeah. can enjoy it. It reminds me of Appalachian territory. It's not your, your you know, your rocky type, you know, Rocky Mountain types, jagged. It's the rolling hills, rolling the hills, rolling hills yeah. and stuff. Beautiful we got, country. We got uh, what they call mountains, but they're not like your mountains in the, the Colorados and Montanas, but. 
Uh, we in just north of me in LaFleur County, we have the world's largest hill. People don't realize to Impoto. So really? it lacks, lacks six Oh, inches. so there's a distinction between hill and mount because I was yes. going to say we got Mount Scott. Yeah, yeah, okay, all right. Mount Scott be southwestern down there yeah. around uh, Lawton, Cache area, the mountain range down there. We have the Kaimishi and the Oshitaw National Forest down there, but mainly the Kaimishi mountain range through mm-hmm. our. So. Well, so this week has been a busy week for all of us up here. Uh, it's, deadline uh, week. it's deadline week, which means we got to get all the bills out of committee uh, so they can go over to the Senate and we can then start hearing Senate bills on the House side. And uh, because of the snow days last week and because of some slower committee work at the beginning of the session, uh, you know, we were up here last night for in a three and a half hour long committee meeting until 730 or so for appropriations and budget. We're going to do it again this afternoon. So, so I want to ask you, Eddie, the workload that you've experienced as being led legislator is it more or less than what you thought when you were coming in <laughs> oh way more i didn't read this much in college by all means uh, and just it, your brain gets dead I key mean, point t- of his uh phrase there read he reads his bills people so that's 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 i tell people when i vote on something i know what i'm voting on because i read the daggum thing yeah. may not vote on it till it gets to my committee or it gets a floor hearing because there's so many bills filed but when a bill is on that floor i know what i'm voting on exactly and uh i mean everybody goes why'd you vote on this number bill i said numbers tell me what the bill's about and i'll tell right, you right because i, I couldn't even remember my own number thousands bills. of numbers there's thousands of numbers i mean it's on so i just uh, I tell me what the bill's about, and I'll tell you why or whatever. What, if I can remember the bill that way, but numbers, I just blown just so many numbers of them. What's your biggest surprise of a, a freshman legislature? Biggest surprise, uh, how like when we get deadline week, how hard and long them not. I mean, like last year, we stayed till past twelve o'clock. I mean, that just mm-hmm. blew me away. I mean, just you get so mentally wore out by the end of that night and stuff and just what what do you what's your kind of what do you do to kind of just download and when you're not up here like what gets your brain back on track i go to my mountains and uh, like i said the glover river or go up to my cabin up in the mountain just where the cell phones don't work just get away from people and, and to that point, you know, as an urban Democrat, while, while I have some rural experience hunting and working on cattle and things like that, you know, I didn't grow up around it. And I'm certain cert- I've certainly forgotten what little I knew uh, from 20 years ago. But with all that to be said, it is a huge asset to have people that, that are experts in the areas of ag and things like that that I don't deal with on a daily basis. Were you going to be a vet to. at one time? I was going to be a vet. Yeah, I worked at a vet clinic from my freshman year in high school through my senior year, and I worked on horses and cattle during the summer. Uh, you had a cowboy hat? I had a cowboy hat and everything, man. I had a pickup truck, and I had a Matthews on the front of it because that was the kind of bow I hunted with. I had camo seats. Now the only uh, reason he wears a cowboy hat is to make sure his head don't get something. That's right. <laughs> that be- being said, I mean, like the lawyer, I've returned on people like y'all for knowledge. That's, I use that kind of in my construction background because I was a pipe fitter by trade, but when I become a general manager, project manager and stuff, I had to know about electricity. I didn't know. I hired the best people, so I go talk to the best people in the military and whatever is in the rules. That's what we do up here. We rely on other sales. I'm I'm not big in the lawyer part of it, but well, I, you're, but you're expected to be a subject matter expert in everything. <laughs> well, you I can't. know. And, but the good thing is, we've talked about it often. You, there's resources available, whether it's members, pretty much any profession you can think of. There's somebody up here that represents that profession, um, or there's a great staff. The staff downstairs is awesome. They make sure you know we're you know there's people rapping about bills. Any rep or any senator can write any bill that they want. It doesn't cost any more money to write a Bigfoot bill than a 
the, the bill on, you know, tort reform. And, and so um, the staff ensures that we stay within the purview of the Constitution. Well, except for when you tell them to write a bill that violates that was, the Constitution. That was, that was not. That wasn't me. <laughs> well, so I've got a question for you, Eddie. As a plumber and pipe fitter, I'm just curious. Were you uh, ever part of the Plumber and Pipe Fitters Union? Yes, or? sir. I was out of the local, out of Dallas. Okay. All right. And uh, uh, did you enjoy your time uh, as a plumber and pipe fitter? I what I enjoyed working the people I worked with because you work with some of the hardest working people in the world and I missed the hours and stuff because I'd put a hundred plus hours a week sometimes in it and working out in the environment. I remember trying to eat sandwiches with water dripping off my hard hat for lunch and stuff like that. But what I do miss is the people because they they're the backbone of America it makes things happen and uh, that and I still great friends with them and it's just. We, they, they can't believe I'm here. I promise you that because I was pretty. Hey, I know Valiant's proud of you because you got a you got a sign going in the daggum town of Valiant that says "Home of Eddie, Eddie Dempsey." Yeah, <laughs> that's that's the humbling part by all means. Do it's, they have a sign like that for Tadlock? No. Ooh, <laughs> hang that over Johnny's head. Well, when Johnny, you know, he decided not to run after six years. And, and just to uh, let y'all know, as a reminder, Johnny Tadlock was a Democrat. In his last term, he, uh, I, I, I tell this to his face, he became a turncoat and joined the Republicans. Uh, he, he was always a re- – he voted with us 90% of the time anyway. So, But um, Johnny was a great guy, a good friend of ours. And when he said, hey, I'm not going to run, but I got somebody who is, and that's when we talked to Eddie, and, and um, we're like, you know what? Eddie is southeastern Oklahoma. He knows the people. He knows the land. He gets it, and he knows the schools. You know everything. That's 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 like all of our districts. You know, well, it's, the schools. I know every superintendent I absolutely. have. And I mean, uh, the people. We. My dad was a milkman, and I played baseball with everybody. And I mean, we played football. Yeah. We all three of our high schools that had football was in all different classes. So when I was in high school, we didn't play each other, but. In baseball, we played everybody. So, I mean, mm-hmm. that was the relationship. And then we had a big summer league. Then the big summer league. And then uh, – but other than just – the I can go – when I come back home, uh, they just uh, – Like, just, I, like I did not miss Eddie. a beat. You're still just Eddie Dempsey. Right. It's, and, I mean, I didn't miss a beat. I was I, gone for 15 years, come back home. Mm-hmm. My mom was a postmaster down there for 30-something years. So, mm-hmm. We people, the relationship I've always had, I've always had customers and this and that. And so, so my, now my customers are my taxpayers and voters. And, stuff. and that's important to keep that mentality because you're just Eddie Dempsey no matter what. I'm exactly. J Dub no matter what. My, and that's, you know, I always feel like, and I think Colin could attest to this when he's came up and visited Grand Lake, we go to Walmart or a grocery store and we it's, you're in there for two hours because everybody knows you. And so, versus me, I walk around, I'm completely anonymous. Nobody knows me. <laughs> it's personal. And so, it, they keep you grounded, and not that I wouldn't get – you represent the people. You're one of the people, and so you go to changing, they'll let you know right quick uh, how exactly. they feel about that. I mean, the other big hard part, me coming up here is putting this daggum suit on every day. <laughs> me too. I, I mean, <laughs> it's just uh, when, when we leave here, I'm going to go change. I mean, if I have an event, I'm going to be in my jeans tonight or whatever. So I'm Grand Lake. Give me shorts and flip-flops. <laughs> With that being said, for those of you who can't see uh, Representative Dempsey right now, he has a very fine Oklahoma State University tie on, so uh, go Pokes. Well, tell us about your wife kids. Pardon? Wife and kids. My, I have my my biggest fan, and the only reason I stay, I tell everybody that 
I'm, I'll stay up here until my wife tells me I'm done because I'm not going to lose my – I have – she's at home. My two boys, my oldest son has moved back home working in the family business. My youngest son lives up here in Edmond. His wife works at OU Medical, and he works for an electrical company in Stillwater. It's, so he, he just graduated. So No grandbabies yet? No grandbabies, just puppies, grandpuppies. All right, puppies, so. all right. All right. Well, um, I want to give everybody just a quick update on data privacy legislation, uh, simply because uh, that's going to be heard in the next three weeks. We're currently uh, getting a Senate author to sign on on that, and hopefully it'll move forward. For those of you paying attention on data privacy, Utah is set, it looks like, to be the fourth state to pass data privacy. Uh, But I'm not too sad about that, because basically they took the uh, data privacy legislation out of Virginia, uh, which was fairly watered down anyway, and then watered it down some more. It was handwritten by... By Microsoft and Amazon, yeah. So uh, that's coming along. And then, uh, Eddie, do you have any bills still be, to be heard, or are you ready to roll? I got two more in uh, wildlife that I'm fixing to go up to. That's reasoning my phone's blowing up. It's, what time's your committee? Uh, it's supposed to be at 1 o'clock. I don't know if they moved it up or not. So. <laughs> well, don't miss it. What are those bills? They are changing out-of-state youth license. We're, we had a sunset that fell off of it, so we're going to just put it permanent where we're where we don't have to worry about it because I'm all about kids hunting and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then the other one is if you in you hunt in our public uh, state public land, you get caught. The fine goes from a hundred dollars to a thousand, and so just mainly just keep people make sure they do the right Being thing. Being honest. Yep. Yeah. Josh, you got anything you want to add? You know, my my, um, my my big priority this year, like we've talked about a lot, was my you know trying to address the the crime rings with the black market and, and the medical marijuana. And so. I had three pieces of legislation filed, and, and there was a lot of us that had the same type of legislation. So I actually tacked on the Rusted Cornwell's legislation. It did the same thing with mine, and Rusted called me you know, a few weeks ago, and I said, Rusty, I don't care if it's my bill, your bill, I just want to address the situation. If it's your bill that gets it through, I will sign on, and I will be your biggest fan. And so that's you kind of got to – we work together, and it addresses the same thing. So, um, you know, I did a uh, HJR today in rules, HJR 1048, and it's simply – it's it's – you know, whether you not you believe the elections where there was any kind of fraud, whatever, but I remember in 2016, I remember getting blown up by a lot of Democrats saying, there's no way Trump won, there was fraud in this election. And then, you know, 2020, it's the same thing. And so, For the record, the Democrats did not storm the Capitol. Um, <laughs> we're not talking about that. We're talking about yeah. the great state of Oklahoma. And so that my resolution, it's, it's a House joint resolution, so I wouldn't put it on the ballot. And I'm still working with it. Uh, with Paul Zarek, the secretary of the election board, because uh, I want to make sure that I get it right. But essentially what the what the resolution does, and if it passes both chambers, it, it will be put on a ballot for a vote. But it, it, it there were some scriveners there, but it changes uh, the wording to only citizens and vote. So, um, you know, there was a, people say, why do you need that? Well, if you look at New York, just in January, they passed a city ordinance in New York City where non-U.S. citizens can vote. And you can Google right now, Google the New York Times. There's a ton of articles out there. But, and so it just closed that. So there won't be any, uh, there won't be any talk about that. Only U.S.S. and, and it requires a state-issued uh, ID to vote. And so Eddie, what's, what's your thoughts? Because the, yeah. the, you know, I know when that runs on the floor. And I talked to the leader, Birch, you know, it's uh, your job is to be the opposition and do your thing. Um why is it such a fight at times with like the the ID piece requiring a a, a piece of a, you know a driver's license or a state issued ID? Why is that such a big deal? Well, 
the the primary concern is accessibility to it, right? So, for example, uh, we're going to have Disability Advocates Day where a bunch of uh, self-advocates uh, that are disabled will come and talk about their issues that are important to them. That includes um, the mail-in ballot, absentee ballots, and those sorts of things that we've been doing uh, recently uh, to try and accommodate for COVID. And their point is, is that it makes it difficult for them to be able to vote with some of these notarization requirements. Yeah, but we and- changed that with the under the emergency. Right. I'm, I'm talking about that was just on the notarization requirements for that issue. My point though is is that adding layers of barriers to vote becomes problematic. Those same individuals that have issues with getting notaries may also have issues with getting state issued IDs. You know that you can't be on Medicaid or Medicare without a driver's license or a state issued ID? Oh, well, I didn't, but it doesn't much matter because whether you're on Medicare or Medicaid ought not to affect you whether you can vote. I'm right? saying that, but you have to have an ID for I I go a terrible habit. Chew Copenhagen. Every time I go to the gas station, buy a can of the, I'm talking about buying a can of Copenhagen versus right. one of the most important but, civic duties to vote. And that's just it. That's just it. That's the difference is you don't have a constitutional right to go buy Copenhagen. You do have a constitutional right to vote as a citizen. So how do we ensure that we're making sure that only that person is voting? Well, I think that there are other ways to do it than state-issued IDs, Um, especially with today's modern technology. I think that there are ways to correlate people who sign in on the voter rolls and, um, you know, their addresses and those sorts of things. I think that there are other ways to do it than just a state-issued ID. I just, I just, I think, you know, we have so many things we have to have an ID for, and I don't see an issue with ensuring the our elections are safe and secure, and I'm saying that we have a very good system in Oklahoma. This just adds another. But let me let me just ask you this real quick: Could I use my social security card? Is the only since that's not state issued. You can't use your social security card now. Well, I'm saying, could I? Why 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 couldn't I? If it's got my social security card number on it and it says call. Have you ever had? We talk about it all the time. Look at when they, these companies that hold our information. How many times they get hacked? How many people you think you got your social security number? Yeah. But they don't have my card. Well, how do you, does it, it's pretty easy to go to Little Rock or Dallas or probably Oklahoma City and get a fraudulent Social Security card. Happens every day. I promise you it's happening right now. And I think the more fundamental question, though, is, is do we have an issue with voter fraud? And I think to your point, Secretary Zerex says, not in Oklahoma. And I think realistically, probably not nationwide either. Uh, as a matter of fact, I was just reading a transcript from the, uh, the Senate investigation or House investigation on January 6th where they deposed uh, then acting Attorney General uh, Rosen. And uh, what he was testifying to was is that, yes, we had multiple meetings with Trump and he kept bringing up these issues. And we kept saying we have looked into it now with our new policy. And even then, we're seeing no evidence of this sort of thing. And so that's my point is if there's a if there's a problem, okay, let's start talking about ways to address it. But I just don't see a problem. Well, I think by ensuring that our elections are always protected, then we'll ensure we don't have problems. <laughs> well, this will be another issue that we agree to disagree about. Eddie, anything you want to say uh, to your people back home or anybody listening? I just want to thank y'all for having me on today, Bob. I mean, it's very humbling. And just- hey, we love having me. Every week we have a new member on. We hadn't got you on here yet, but... Uh- Eddie, you're a solid guy, brother. Well, thank y'all very much. Guy. And I know you're working hard for your district, and your district knows that too because they tell you. And if you weren't doing a good job, they would say, hey, Eddie, get yourself fixed for we'll hem you up. So. Yep. Well, you can check us out at www.okhouse.gov. Go to the media link, and you can scroll down to the podcast there, or you can check us out on Spotify. And uh, until next time, everybody uh, stay safe. And it will be a sprint to March 24th. That is deadline to get all House bills out of the House and to the Senate. And so those late nights are getting ready to start. We'll see you next week. Have a good day.